Welcome back to another episode of One Yard Short Podcast. Uh, today we'll be going over our NFL predictions for the rest of the year, awards predictions, and some uh, playoff like playoff predictions, I guess, kind of. Kind of like we did last episode for college football, only this time it's the No Fun League's turn. So uh, without further ado, I guess we'll um, get into it. Uh, what award would you like to start with? Um, we're just going to start off with the Maltipedian, you know, and just give our, like, you know, right at this point, we really don't know who the nominees and, like, who the finalists, so it's kind of hard to say for this award. Yeah, te- and, like, teams get to decide who they nominate, but um, safe pick is Russell Wilson. He kind of he kind of wins it uh, pretty often, so we'll just pick him, or uh, I'll just pick him. And for my you for my team, usually we pick Shaq Thompson, our, our middle linebacker, whoever our middle linebacker is last year. And then uh, we're now just gonna pick Shaq Thompson until we see the nominees. Yeah, that that's an award you kind of have to see the nominees and stuff. But yeah, anyways, uh, I guess next we'll do comeback player of the year. You know, obviously Mitch Trubisky definitely gonna win it. it it's not even a contest. He's going to win every award this year. <laughs> Defensive player of the year? Freaking offense player of the year? I will say, Mitch is not very – I mean, Mitch is a very good person to use in Madden. Just tell Ben about it. <laughs> ben cannot stop Mitch in Madden. It was pretty hilarious to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mitch is pretty – but Mitch is pretty unstoppable. So, I mean, you can say what you want about that. But uh, it, who can stop Mitch Trubisky? Only Mitch Trubisky can stop Mitch Trubisky, exactly. But uh, real talk, uh, I think we both uh, have the same person picked for this. Uh, it's a pretty – I mean, Joe Burrow's kind of in the race, I guess, and some other players, but I think we both uh, have the same person who's uh, Dak Prescott. I concur with that. You know, even – like you said, Joe Burrow. I always – I'll also put – you know, even though you didn't get hurt, but just because – He's not very uh, talked about, but Cordo Patterson is really putting himself a comeback year for him and uh, and Atlanta. But it just yeah. it it just won't be enough because Dak Prescott can literally be a comeback player and MVP at this point. Yeah, Dak Dak always like I mean not always, but this year he's kind of had um he's had a, he's flying under the radar just kind of radar just like the Cowboys kind of are. I mean. Except for Cowboys fans, everybody's kind of like, I feel like overlooking them. And despite how much I dislike the Cowboys, uh, they're like, their offense is elite. And I mean, their defense is solid. So they could be, they could low key do some things if Mike McCarthy decides to become a real head coach. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm say this comeback player, you know, you know, especially with. Everything that happened today, you know, I really, I really will be happy to see him win this award. I think everybody in the league, you know, even even with the team that like most hated on, I think everybody in the league and like around the like worldwide, you know, everybody feels for Dak, and you know, no one can really hate Dak. Yeah, he's like a he's a likable guy on a hateable team. Like, um, what's a good example of that? And like, what's another? I can't, Clay I can't think, yeah, Clay, like, Steph Curry's, like, a likable guy on a hateable team, and uh, definitely not LeBron James, but, uh, anyways, 
<laughs> uh, guess next we'll go coach of the year. This is another this is another tough one because we really have to see like what team. It's more reliant on like a team like I guess bouncing back or like having a a better season than they did last year. But uh, I think there's some solid candidates this year. But uh, you can go first on this one. You know, it just like the like you said. Can't really talk right now. I'm freaking tired. Um, you know, it just depends on like on the nominees out there, but. I see one right now that, like, in my mind, it's uh, like, it's very shocking. It depends, like, how they, how they uh, do do throughout the year, especially after this loss. It was a very embarrassing loss to a team. You know, for me, I one possible one, and then hopefully, you know, they have a year like towards the end, they actually make it to the playoffs. But for me, one, I really like Zach Taylor as a nominee. <laughs> You know, but, you know, in reality, it probably won't happen. But it just needs to plan out with this, um, with the end of this season. You know, you can also, like, um, as much hate as this person gets, you know, criticized by even by his own quarterback, he also tends to look at Matt LaFleur, you know, especially after the win against freaking the Cardinals with basically no one on his team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but, you know, he does get Tim to overlook just because his play call is sometimes questionable. But that's also another candidate. You know, sometimes some you can look at Cliff Kingsbury because even though he, he has Kyler Murray, but yet they didn't have a very good season. And then they're bringing out a 7-1 right now. It, it, just, it just relies on who the nominees at this point. But for me, like my main option now will probably be Matt McClure. Yeah, I feel like uh, definitely all – uh, except for excluding Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy was a terrible coach for Green Bay. Um, like, Matt LaFleur has been overlooked in terms of, like, like uh, like solid to elite coaches in the NFL. And I'm not saying Matt LaFleur is, like, elite because I don't think he's, like, in the upper upper echelon of coaches. You know, like, Belichick, Arians, those types. But um, definitely he's, a, he's, like, a top 10 coach for sure. But uh, for my coach of the year um, – I got three dudes, just like uh, you. Um, for one, like you said, Zach Taylor, you know, the Bengals, they were obviously not very good last year. And I think that had a lot to do with, like, not much talent on the roster. And um, I don't necessarily think Zach Taylor is, like, a great coach, but I think the Bengals are definitely putting it together this year, even after the embarrassing loss to the Jets. And Mike White, who's now my MVP favorite, by the way. Um, but... Yeah, he's definitely in the race. Another dude, like you said, Cling- Cliff Kingsbury. Um, he's definitely a candidate. You know, like like you said, seven and one Cardinals. He's he's leading that team, and even though he has a very talented roster, and they they weren't necessarily bad last year, um, he's definitely still a candidate, especially if they finish out the season. You know, at the top of the NFC. And another guy, I think, um, who's been who got a lot of hype, like earlier in the season but his hype is dying down but I feel like he should still be in the conversation is Brandon Staley um you know the Chargers just took a loss to the Patriots but the Patriots are a solid team so and I can't fault them with that he's leading he's doing what the Chargers lacked last year which is being aggressive and going for it on fourth down and he's making good play calls with a elite a young elite quarterback in Justin Herbert so 
I think he deserves to be in the running. But again, depends on who's nominated. But those are three guys that I think should be nominated at this point in the season. We just disagree on one. Yeah, not too, not too bad. Um, we can go defense player of the year. Oh, we're just we're leaving the yeah. rookies for later. Yeah, you know the rookies. I I like rookies. That's why we're gonna do rookies last. Yeah, I look. I like after MVP. <laughs> yeah, after MVP. Oh gosh, we're not even saving the the best for last. Okay. Okay, we can uh, put the rookies before then. Okay, thank you. I was about to say we're really we're really gonna put the rookies after the MVP. That's a little bit much, but okay. Defensive player of the year. Um, there's there's like a lot of ways you could go right now. You know, Trayvon Diggs has been getting a lot of hype, and despite me thinking he's like not as good as like Cowboys fans say he is because he's he's obviously a very good cornerback it nobody's denying that but he he gets he tends to get burnt a lot even though he does have you know all his interceptions and stuff he tends to get burnt on occasions and you know he's still like a top 10 a borderline top 10 cornerback at worst but he definitely deserves to be in the conversation especially with like the amount of interceptions he's getting and still playing very good you know, man and zone defense. Um, there's some other guys, you know, TJ Watt's going to be in the conversation, but I, and obviously Aaron Donald's in the conversation every year, but um, I think for me, it's Miles Garrett right now. Uh, Miles is just having a, a great year. And despite the Browns, you know, they're at the bottom of the AFC North right now, which I think not many people predicted. Um, Miles is still showing out and he had a sick Halloween costume yesterday. He had, who's the Grim Reaper. And that, and he had like the the names of all the quarterbacks he sacked on his cape. And even though they lost, it's still like a sick costume. But anyways, yeah, that's my defense player of the year pick right now. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm gonna have to say Miles Garrett too. But I think one thing that can uh, make Miles Garrett at this point like not a defense player of the year is because terms of team success, you know, it, it always play, plans out into, like, every award. And, uh, you know, the Browns obviously not having the year everybody expected. You know, hopefully that doesn't fall on Miles Garrett with this award because right now, for me, he is the defense player of the year, you know, even with Trayvon Diggs and TJ Watt doing their thing. Um, But like you said with Trayvon, you know, only, you know, with the amount of seven sacks or seven, seven interceptions in eight games, you know, you expect him to be the defense player of the year. But yet, like you said, he tends to get burnt sometimes. You know, uh, watching that Vikings game yesterday too. There's one play where uh, Trayvon tried to be too aggressive on his on his jump when they had like a uh, fake screen route to Justin Jefferson. He tried to undercut it, leaving uh, his man Adam Thielen go right down the middle into the end zone. And then you also see with that Patriots game where he, right after the play he made a pick six, he gets attacked. But yet, it's that was. Of course, he got burnt, but yet the, the safety help on that play was was uh, not good. Very, yeah, you know, Demonte Casey didn't – he really didn't do a very good job with the safety help as Trayvon Diggs thought he will uh, do it. And then um, but yeah, with the stat line of seven interceptions through that well, eight games, you know, it's going to be like that defense for the year. You know, even with uh, last year with Zayvon Howard only getting 10-11 and he was in the conversation defense picks, and they have Diggs over here with seven through eight. You know, 
you you want to put him. You know, I would like to see a corner finally get like recognition on defense player of the year. But uh, Miles Garrett right now with the season he's having, he's definitely on top. Yeah, and uh, kind of building on you said on what you said with the corner, like not not very often winning defense player of the year. You know, you see truly dominant corner seasons, like you know the seasons like that prime Revis had, and obviously Deion Sanders way back, like when he played. And in more recent years, you know, Jair and Jalen last year, um, they both had – they all had dominant seasons, but the the common thing was they really just didn't get thrown at at all. And that's somewhat out of respect, but also somewhat out of, you know, they're just locking down and not even, like, being thrown at and letting their receivers touch the ball. And I think that plays a lot into them not being named for the award because it's hard for them – to accumulate, you know, like stats, like interceptions and like pass deflections and, you know, like the box stats when they're just not even being thrown at out of respect and out of just how good they're playing coverage. So I think it's definitely harder for like truly elite corner seasons to be considered for defensive player of the year. But yeah, that's my kind of take on it, I guess. And, you know, but before we move on to the the award, you know, what, the, like the next award, you know, I want to take on that corner. I just want to like point out or like I'm very surprised. It's because you know I watch the Cowboy games because of my uh, my family. And I see, but PF, PFF in man coverage, it has Anthony Brown rated one of the highest. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> like when I watch a game, I feel like Anthony Brown. You know, obviously because the other side of the corner is I see Brown as a weak corner, and it's pretty weird to see like how PFF ranks him as higher than. You know, one of one of like a top ten corner in Marshawn Lattimore, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it. I just find it weird. But like, hey, what if what if Anthony Brown's good? But man, <laughs> it, it, I just want to say because you know we're talking about corners and with their lockdown. Yeah, but yeah, I just want to say that because Anthony Brown for me is, I feel like that's what the Cowboys lack at. If you could just attack him, yeah. But, but to him, see the highest man coverage rating over all these corners, which is weird. PFF kind of be wild, and they, you, their step like whatever whatever they use to grade their players, tends to be kind of inconsistent because in things like you know run block grade, pass block grade, like all those stats, all those grades that PFF puts out, you never see like the true. You don't very often see the truly like elite players at those respective positions put at the top of those grades. So although PFF can be like obviously a useful tool, especially in player evaluation, it shouldn't be used like to solely judge player value just because of how inconsistent it can be as a whole. All right. uh, What are we doing next? Offensive player of the year? Yeah. This is this is a tough one, especially with the news that just came out about Derrick Henry, because he was obviously the far and away obvious pick for this award. But now it's like, who do you give it to now? Because offensive player of the year, it doesn't tend to be quarterbacks because the MVP is more of a quarterback award now, as pretty much every football award is. But um, this is a tough one. So I'll let you I'll let you go first on this one. See, see what you got to say about it. Um, I really, you know, after the news, you know, when I made 
this section of the list, you know, today I worked on the MVP rookie of the year and then with the predictions. But, like, when I made this list yesterday, I had, obviously, Derrick Henry. But, uh, you know, I'm going to throw a name out there, even though he's a he's a rookie, but just in terms of what he's producing right now. Um, I see Jamar Chase as a candidate. And then also, on the other hand, you know, um, even with the factor of him, Sitting or not sitting out, obviously, but uh, with the illness he had of COVID nineteen, I also see another receiver on this list. And with this push of Derrick Henry, you know, getting injured, you know, you really didn't see like a a very dominant running back as Derrick Henry, as he was leading a league with mainly like attention of running backs by like four hundred yards. Um. You know, the running backs, like, I want to say the dom- like the point of Derrick Henry was that it was, it was, uh, astronomical. But, you know, I, I see this going to a receiver aspect now, as, you know, like you said, you know, it usually tends to be a position player. You know, I gave him my take on DeMar Chase, and now I feel like Dom- Devontae Adams, for the years he's having, I feel like he can take this award if he still gets uh, attention from, uh, obviously, he's going to get the attention from Aaron Rodgers because it's Devontae Adams, you know, that connection and that bond. But I I feel like he can take this award for usually it's a running back award. You know, you really don't see a receiver getting credit, you know, because, you know, because all the stats that they accumulate, it just goes into the quarterback aspect. Mm-hmm. But uh, I see this award as a receiver award right now, you know, obviously because a couple of the running backs, you know, the top running backs in the league, Heavily injured as McCaffrey, you know, I see Barkley. Cook missed some time with the injury. Kamara, you know, hasn't really proven or not, I want to say proven, but like he deal with some injury and now he's finally getting on track as the Saints look to him, especially with an old quarterback. You know, so I see him ranking up this list because he will get all the production. Um, but right now I have to give it to Devontae Adams. Yeah, um, Devontae definitely, even sitting out with COVID last game, definitely, definitely a solid candidate. I also, I also want to mention a couple running backs, you know, like you said, I feel like Kamara probably has the best chance to win this award because especially with Jameis getting injured, they're going to rely on him a lot now, not only for, with uh, Trevor Simeon, not only for the, the run game, but the pass game, because I feel like they're not going to trust Trevor Simeon as they did with James Wilson with the um, offense. So they're going to be running like a lot of screens and check downs and option routes that they run with Kamara. I think they're going to run those a lot more. And another guy I don't see getting talked about nearly enough is Jonathan Taylor. You know, he's not exactly putting up and that, that is a stacked running back room with, you know, with Hines and with um, Marlon Mack and uh, Jonathan Taylor. But Jonathan Taylor has been producing at a quietly elite rate this year. You know, he's um, he's been great this year, not only not only running the ball, but pass catching, too. He had a slower start to the season, but he's really starting to pick up now. And as the Colts, you know, look to pick up more wins, even with that devastating loss yesterday to the um, to the Titans in overtime, um, I feel like he could pick up some steam, too, as well. But um the guy I see winning it right now is uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, he's He's been, like, underrated all his career, and it hurts me to say this as a Seahawks fan, obviously. I've had to watch him, you know, 
destroy my team on multiple occasions, especially last time. But um, he's definitely a guy, you know, he's on pace right now to break um, Calvin Johnson's single uh, season receiving yards record. And while I don't think he breaks that, I think he, I think he gets, he gets close to it. And I think the Rams are going to be a top team in the NFC, obviously. So I think that gives him a better chance to win the award than maybe Kamara or um, Jonathan Taylor. And I mean, Devonta, him and Devonte Adams are probably the two best candidates right now. Um, and the, they're going to be at the top of the NFC, both of them. And I think it, that'll come down to stats. And I think Cooper Cup's probably going to have the better stats at the, at the end of the season. So I think I, um, I give it to Cooper Cup right now. I just want to apologize because I completely skipped over Cooper Cup's name, even though, even though I have them, like, or not as a like a dark horse candidate for MVP, but like in terms of like him in the lower end of MVP, you know, really want to apologize on that, you know. But <laughs> I see your point with Cooper Cup winning the offense for the year. Um, you know, even with Robert Woods on this side, I still, you know, it sucks for me because I have Robert Woods in one of my fantasies. <laughs> but you know, but you 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 thought when Cooper Cup, um, you know they're gonna share touches, and obviously they kind of do, as Matthew Stafford spreads it out. But when you look, you see Stafford and Cup's connection, especially for only eight games played with each other. You know, it's it's phenomenal, and he really trusts him over Woods as he, you know, and. With their offense, you can really see it's more of a pass dominant, more, more than a, a run dominant, and to having a coup production at this level with this, with only we uh, eight weeks into the season, you know, I, I really don't want to change my pick because I already said it, but yes, yeah. in terms of second, I will have Cooper Cup over Jamar uh, Chase and and uh, Kamara and. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially with Cam Akers going down before the season. the ramp- And we already knew the Rams were going to ramp it up in terms of uh, passing the ball, especially now that they got a, an elite quarterback in Matthew Stafford. But I didn't think we, we would see the production coming out of Co- Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods. NFC West is stacked for receivers. You know, you got D-Hop, you got – DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Devo Samuel, C Cup, and Robert Woods, and yeah, it's that's stacked. I, you know, speaking on the Rams, you know, one, you know, I really don't want to see him leave his hometown, but one thing you got to question is why does Deshaun Jackson want to leave? Uh, because he's not getting touches. But still, he's on the playoff contender. You know, at least hopefully he goes to the Packers. You know, as the Packers need a receiver. Yeah, they need but, uh, some. They always need somebody opposite of Devontae. and I. That would be a that'd be a scary offense with uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae, and Deshaun Jackson. Hey, don't forget about his boy Randall Cobb like that. Oh yeah, well he always seems to find he always seems to throw it to Randall Cobb at least three times a game, even though Randall Cobb. You know, not what he used to be. He always seems to find him at least three times a game, even even when he's like, just doesn't seem to be open. They just got that connection, I guess. 
All right, what's next? Um, um there's two awards we can do in front of MVP. Uh, the rookies to us. Defense, defensive rookie of the year, I guess. This is a, this is a fairly easy one. Oh yeah, fairly easy. Then who is it? Michael Parsons. Oh okay. I thought you were about to like disagree with me and I think... like say some random ass name. No, Patrick Sertan definitely deserves. He, he ten. I had to be honest. I haven't watched a lot of Broncos games this year because no one who, Broncos games. who has they're really I'm a Broncos boring fan. to watch. They're really watch boring them. to watch. But the, from what I have seen from Pat Sertan, um, he tends um, sometimes he gets a little overzealous and over aggressive, but most of the time, especially in man coverage. Um, he tends to he tends to be very solid in man coverage over zone coverage, and we knew that coming out of college. But he's really shown that he he has the potential to be an elite man corner. But you know, Michael Parsons, ever since he's been very versatile in terms of you know being able to play both linebacker and you know defensive end for uh, the Cowboys this year on a much improved defense. So I think even though there's not going to be a, a defensive rookie with like necessarily the box the box score stats of like say Chase Young did last year. But uh yeah. he didn't deserve that word, but okay. Who who do you think should have got it then? You know, I really I'm uh the you know I don't say I'm biased, but you know, I'm really gonna get hate on this. But you know Jeremy even, Chen. Yes, you look but you, yeah, I really don't want to get into the argument on this, but I really, you know, even you can say I'm biased here, but I thought uh, Jeremy Chin had a better year than Chris Young. Chase Young. Or Chase Young. Sorry. Chris Young. Chris Young. Sorry, you know. Chris Move. I just saw a Diamondback logo right now. Sorry. <laughs> Chris Breezy. Um, but, yeah, but, you know, I was just my, maybe because I saw more Panther games than him, but, I mean, Definitely. then the, in the football team, but I really thought, you know, in terms of stats too, as Jerry Chin really lit it up, you know, leading, leading the league in tackles as a rookie, as a rookie aspect of the thing. But, um, but yeah, I really don't want to, really don't want to argue here. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's last year's awards. Uh, we're in 2021 now. So I guess we'll move on to offensive rookie of the year. This is definitely an easy one. Bro, you're not gonna give me time to freaking talk about my defense player, rookie defense player of the year. Oh yeah, you didn't even say yours. Okay, go ahead. Talk about last year's defense player. My fault. Year. My fault. <laughs> but yes, for me too. You know, I really hate to say this because yes, I always always fight with my brother over here. Even though I know, you know, he's having a year he has. You know, but because since he's a Cowboys fan, I just like to piss him off. Yeah, but uh, you know, Michael Parsons, he fits in every scheme. You know, he just he just that he just has that fire in him that you really don't see in like rookies coming up. Um, you know, he's very very uh, under, uh I think of him as a, a Devin White because like you know, energizer. yeah, like energizer. You know, they really don't they really don't care. You know, and um. Uh, well, Michael Parsons, you play D line, middle linebacker. You know, even with reports yesterday before game, he went up to the the defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, and then he also went to the DB coach. He's like, you can even put me at a freaking a uh, slot corner if Kelvin Joseph decides not to play. 
it just you know he really doesn't care he just has that fire you know he even said put me a receiver and i'm like this, this guy's crazy you know but, <laughs> i don't think he'd be good at slot corner but that's another conversation hey you know He's not the best in coverage, if we're being completely honest, even as a linebacker. So, don't know how well he would do in the slot corner, but props to him for trying to do it. Ben, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, this guy, Gio, just try to call me like this guy. <laughs> Gio, um, Gio got to know. Gio got to know it's time for podcast. It's podcast time, Gio. <laughs> Jesus. She's probably heard me talking crap about Michael Parsons already. <laughs> he was like, what um, do you say about Michael Parsons? <laughs> I know, he's got the instinct, but yeah, you know, people will criticize him, especially when they watch, like, if they ever watch film, you know, obviously they're going to put, you know, Tom Brady also had him in a pickle, you know, when they play, but yet, Tom Brady does that to everybody. Oh, Tom Brady. I don't want to talk about Tom Brady. Yeah, I know he choked, but yeah, Tom Brady does that to everybody, and it was his first NFL game playing at that spot, you know, but I just... You know, you really see this guy, you know, maybe he lacks some coverages, um, coverage, uh, you know, he needs yep. to improve on that. But, you know, when when uh, Gregory and Lawrence went down, he filled in that spot at defensive line. And uh, he really showed um, – I'm going to try to find here. You know, he made that spot look like that was his dominant spot when it really wasn't, you know. He, he looked like better defensive lineman than defensive lineman in the league. And, yeah. uh, you know, with the ranking of, you know, yesterday, um, you know, Kirk decided to play like old Kirk, you know, <laughs> but, you know, he ranked up 11 tackles, you know, against that powerful offense of the Vikings. Um, he really made some key stops, forcing him to fourth and one and all that, you know, he finds the hole, he reads it. And, you know, Micah, if we didn't need a corner, this year in our draft and we passed up on Micah just how, you know, even though I love Derek Brown, I really thought we we should have valued uh, Isaiah Simmons in our team. But, uh... 2019 you know, draft. Yeah, that's because I'm bringing it up, you know, and we missed out on another middle linebacker if we didn't need a corner like Michael Parsons. Well, J.C. Horn, uh, Horn looked good before he got injured. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if I'm saying if we didn't need a corner and we passed up on Micah Parsons, you know, but yeah, um, but you know, that's how the draft is, and you need your draft needs. But yes, um, I forgot what was going on this. <laughs> I don't know where I went. You know, oh, and also with Michael Parsons, you know, with them, um, deciding to let go of Janice Smith because they they found their middle linebacker of their future, and then, but you know, it just. You really don't see that in a rookie. You know, he will do great things in his NFL career, hopefully, if he keeps at this pace. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he definitely gives us for the year, and that's no doubt. Yeah, defensive rookie of the year, not defensive player of the year. You know, maybe he, he just lights it up and he becomes defensive player of the year. <laughs> uh, or maybe he doesn't, and he probably and, doesn't, but that's okay. And, but um, also, you're, you're excited, you know, say J.C. Horn. But uh, you know, he he took that terrible broken foot, freaking Texans, hurting all of our players. <laughs> Hurt all of your yeah. good players, and then just did. Yeah. You you will also see J C Horn in this topic of, as you know, you expect 
Sertan, you know, uh, Parsons, and then you really expected Horn, but, you know, Horn with the injury, you know, as they were the top three uh, defensive players taken in the draft, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. done with Micah. I was just about to get into next year's draft, defensive draft, which is one of the best we've seen in a while. But that's for another video, or not video, episode. Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau. I wasn't going to talk about him. I was going to talk about the corners. Because this is an, uh, an elite corner class. You know, you got, you got Derek Stingley, you got Sauce Gardner, and you got Kyir Elam and you got uh Andrew Booth Jr. and that's a that's a really good top four corners, but we'll talk about that uh probably in the next couple episodes. You know, we're gonna do our uh we're gonna do a little special episode next episode. But you know look at Sting Stingley needs to uh, improve on his coverages, just saying that. Stingley really hasn't had elite production since twenty nineteen. But what you saw in 2019 and the traits he has is just enough to draft him off that. Like, he's been injured the last couple of years. Last year, LSU's defense was trash, so it really, really wasn't his fault. And he was injured. And this year, he's just been injured for most of the year. So when he was healthy in 2019, he was probably the best corner maybe in the nation for that championship team. He was better than any of the anybody in that LSU secondary. And they have guys like... You know, Christian Fulton and Grant Delpit back there, and he outperformed all of them by a decent margin. So, you know, going off that season, kind of like with Jamar Chase, you know, he really only had one season of elite production, but you saw enough in that season to draft him highly, and that's how it's going to be for, like, Derek Stingley. If you get my uh, point there. Yeah, but we're not talking about this. Next <laughs> Uh, offensive rookie of the year, uh, Jamar Chase out there too. Moving on. Well, we can't just move on because you know there's another. You know, for me, at least for me, I see a, like another guy, and like right behind him, but you know, Kyle Jamar Pitts. Chase. Is... Okay, we see two guys in. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is once Atlanta has figured out how to use him. He's looking like a top 10 tight end already. And I'll say that confidently because in, yeah, since like week five, he's looked like a top 10, borderline top five tight end because Atlanta knows how to use him now. Oh, yeah. They do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, score against us. Just going to say that. Well, that was because Matt Ryan's hand got destroyed. In before. He decided to fumble. Yeah, I know, but it's it's fine. It's fine. He's not gonna have a standout game every game, and you know, that. But Atlanta's offense really didn't show up at all, except for Cordero Patterson. But of course, anyway, forget that guy. But at least you won. At least you won. Sam Darnold looked good against another bad defense, but don't let that. He didn't look good. What do you mean? He didn't move. No, I mean not good. Not good, but like. Above average, and then PJ PJ Walker probably looked better than him. <laughs> no, you know, Sam Darnold. You know, he did have good, and then of course the Falcons just hurt our QB. You know, they PJ. always they always headhunt our QB. That's why I hate the Falcons. PJ Walker you know? is not terrible though. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you know before you know 
Darnold's running read option, and then they started headhunting him back to back plays. Mm-hmm. You know, it looked, the hit looked very bad. I can. But yeah, yeah. they always do that to our quarterback. They always did that to Cam Newton. That's why I hate Demonte Casey so bad because <laughs> he's always headhunting our quarterback. Uh, well, I feel like a lot of people were definitely headhunting Cam because just of his persona. But that's just how Cam was. Seahawks, please sign Cam Newton. Colin Kaepernick. Cam Newton is significantly better than Colin Kaepernick, and Cam Newton is – but anyways. Offensive Rookie of the Year, go ahead with your pick. <laughs> okay, I said my pick. We're talking about, like, other guys, and he just went on cop pits and then M that. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, obviously Jamar Chase, you know, but below – I'll probably say yeah, it depends because, you know, if, if Atlanta – Still wants to use Pitts the way they use him right now. Then Pitts will be number two. But I would, you know, you really thought this award or this award will probably go to QB this year. You know, especially with these like five, six QBs coming up this year. But uh, with me, I have him below Jamar Chase right now. And you know, you really don't look at stats wise. They just you look at the, for me right now. It's the, the team success with this guy. You know what he's doing. For that team success, especially you know now not many weapons, but for me, my number two or three depends with the Falcons. I have Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. You He's know, not bad. You know, always I've been saying, you know, so say Mac Jones will be the best QB out of this draft. You know, just he felt the right system too, especially. You know, maybe this he doesn't have this kind of year with the if the 49ers decides to get him at three. Um, but yeah, Mac Jones wouldn't be at number two just because the way he develops, you know, especially being in the Chargers yesterday, you know, a team of a team that should be a, a, a lead contender in the AFC playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but, you know, I see Mac Jones as my two right now, even over Pitts as Pitts, you know, they're barely, barely developing pits as they find you know, like you said they found a way to finally use them but, yeah uh, yeah yeah and he'll probably be the the main weapon other than Cordero Patterson now that Calvin Ridley unfortunately had to step away from football for mental reasons and that takes a lot of like that takes a lot of strength to do that and you, see, hopefully... you really see a lot more players doing that this year you know especially you know Wayne Johnson made a full like yeah. documentary about it too and you see uh, another guy on that team, Brandon Brooks. He's done he's done that before. He, he's had um, anxiety attacks like in the middle of games, and he's come out and talked about that. And that's definitely an important aspect of sports in general. You know, it's not about not about the uh, player; it's about the person. You know, you know, you know good thing for Calvin Ridley. I think he's still on that team. I believe he's still on the team. You know, he's yeah, he's still on the team. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm talking about this player. I know Calvin Ridley's still on the team. Just but I'm talking about, you know, good thing, like, you know, you know, obviously other people reach out, but one person, you know, his teammate, you know, Hayden Hurst, who battled depression, uh, depression too. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, him, you know, Hayden Hurst and Dak Prescott have really, uh, like, uh, made another, like, effort outside of football to, uh, raise awareness to this. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, good thing, you know, Kevin really has his teammate support. I mean, obviously, he has everybody supporting you know, but good thing, you know, Kevin really can really lean on Hurst at this moment. 
Yeah, definitely good that the Falcons just and like obviously they should support him, but it's good that they came out and said that they supported him because it's obviously a hard time for Ridley. So it's good that he has his teammates and his organization's support through it. Okay, I guess we'll do our MVP now. It's a big one. Yeah. Uh, should, who wants to go first? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You know, if your pick's Mitchell Trubisky, then you can go first. Well, my pick is Mitchell Trubisky, so. <laughs> <All right. laughs> right, we're doing we're a doing Nickelodeon one, right? Nickelodeon <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's yeah. winning another one. He's That's the MVP. What does that even mean? Nickelodeon valuable player? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how they give one now to like every week. (laughs) Do they really have a game? Yeah, like I think Josh Allen has one. Dak Prescott won one. No, Mitch has the true MVP. The first one. He was the inaugural. The inaugural MVP, and he will always have that. (laughs) Okay, but. All right, for the real MVP, um, I think right now you can make an argument for a lot of different players. You know, Derrick Henry before his injury definitely had an argument. Aaron Rodgers has an argument. Tom Brady has an argument. You know, guys that are, like, outside looking in on the race right now. You know, Justin Herbert, Lamar, those are some guys that are, like, on the outside looking in right now. But they can definitely, you know – have great second halves and put themselves right back in the conversation. But I think that the three, the three guys right now that I'm, that are easy, like easily projectable to win the MVP are Kyler Murray, Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, just because of not only their talent, but how good that's probably the three best teams in the NFL quarterbacks right there. And so I think it depends some on team success, like who's the best, and uh, I think the Bills are going to be the best out of the three. But um, also just accumulative stats and how how well they do to finish the season. And I think it's going to be a tight three-man race between those three. But overall, I think uh, Josh Allen comes out on top and he wins his uh, first MVP. But with Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers coming in very close behind him. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, I really like the top three. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a reigning MVP. I'm gonna just have to make one difference to your top three, you know. But you know, it also we also gotta see his during or like his injury, um, like how much he takes off with his injury. Hopefully, he's back next week. You know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, he won, he beat the Cardinals with basically no one on his team. You know, you got to give us some credit for that. But, yeah. uh, my, you know, my top three, I'm going to have to say, is Josh Allen at one. You know, cause, you know, one thing that Josh Allen, I feel like Josh Allen, like, separated himself, even though we have another guy below who does the same, you know, is his terms of uh, running the ball in. Um, you know, even though Kyler does it as much, you know, you see, uh, you know, Josh Allen – you know, reaching, reaching the end zone on his feet, you know, especially as he's going to do it in the air too, you know, and you really, you really see uh, Josh Allen, like, um, sharing the load, you know, he's found pieces in his offense that makes him 
work. Um, especially this year, you know, with the dev, you know, even though he lost them uh, last game, you know, the game or the week before with the Tennessee Titans or two weeks before since had a bye, you know, losing Dawson Knox, who was his primary receiver this year. Um, you know, he really, you know, he really spread the load. You know, as you see, Stephon Diggs not really, uh, you know, obviously he gets to the yard production, but he really, um, you know, he really hasn't found the, the end zone because Josh Allen, you know, either – He's spreading load, or he also runs it in from. He can basically run it in from like forty yards out. You know, him moving at six five. You know, it's pretty scary. Were you standing in front of a guy who like six five, two something, like two fifty ish? Not two fifty. He's like two twenty. He's not. Nah, nah. Yeah, there's no. I'll look it up right now. He's yeah, not. Please, no, I think he's two thirty. He's probably he's probably two twenty two thirty. Nah, he's like 236. Right. 236. Yeah, look that 238. Thing. You were close. Ah, I was close. Justin Herbert is 236, though, so ah, I was you close. count that. Justin Herbert. Um, yeah. You know, it's just a, it's basically a freight train coming out, dude. You know, it, you you saw it before with the, you know, this is basically a, a white Cam Newton. <laughs> with an arm. Cam you know, who, never who's, had that arm strength. Cam Newton had the arm strength. He was just very accurate, whereas Josh Allen is very accurate, which coming into the league thought that was his flaw. Yeah, and but, he's really developed that. Yeah, and then now it's you know, a strong part of his game. You know, like I see him like winning this because that aspect. You know, even though Kyler does it, but you know, my number two, I'm about to say, you know, especially since I'm the Mexican Kyler Murray, <laughs> my number two is the real Kyler Murray. Yes. You know, especially since this guy's jersey, you know, he's definitely going to ball out. You know, oh, but, yeah. you know, you saw talks of him um, last year when the MVP as the first eight weeks. You know, hopefully he doesn't go away as basically the Cardinals went away after the, for, or after the first eight weeks last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, what he does at the height he is at 5'10". Running around like a kindergartner. You know, he's he's basically, you know, hopefully he doesn't have like what Russell Wilson has. He were as he's an MVP candidate and then decides to fall off. So him <laughs> and Russ are basically basically the same person. And just Kyler is faster, and he actually uses his feet as Russ is like that's his third option. Yeah, but uh, and then my third, you know, I I said I had a disagree with you just because, you know, I feel like. This guy, you know, because you know Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he should be top three. You know, I see my number three. It just depends on the injury. Like I said, um, my number three right now, I feel like it should be Dak. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, as we see, that offense is very lethal. You know. Um. You know, as a, you know, everybody talks about their offense. I think uh, their offense in terms. Of yards, I might be mistaken. I think okay. I'm gonna say top five just so I don't sound like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just make sure, um, you know, as there is the top five in total yardage, you know, and that and that comes from you know who the lead is. That's um, Dak Prescott, especially off the injury. You know, people, you know, people thought you know he might fall, you know, um, as Dak Prescott in the years before, um, he. A lot, you know, as you see, he's basically, 
you know, you thought the ankle injury, he might just become a pocket passer. You know, you know, as you see, yes, he turned he turned kind of into a pocket passer, but you see he's still he's not afraid to use his legs. You know, he, mm-hmm. he uses legs in uh, key moments, especially against the Panthers. That guy decided to become a running back. <laughs> uh, even though like everybody did and that even Tony Pollard I think had a hundred yards that game. Wow. Yeah. Hey, chill out. Um <laughs> yeah, I see Dak at number three, you know, because that offense is very uh, lethal, and Dak is Dak is the main horn of it. And then, then obviously Aaron Rodgers as number four. Even though Aaron Rodgers will make a push, like he always does, because it's Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, he's always in the MVP talks. And um, yeah. you know, hopefully, you know, he gets his pieces back. Obviously, he gets piece, you know one piece already gone. Might be the season is Robert Tunyon. Mm, yeah. But, you know, but, you know, hopefully he get, he finally gets to the receiver he needs other than Adams in the trade block as they miss on basically every receiver in the trade block every year. But, um, you know, especially last year with Will Fuller. Oh, God. You know, every, you know, going into the trade block, you know, Will Fuller is not really that, you know, talk receiver, you know, but he produces, especially last year, he was producing for the Texans. And then they didn't get him. And then you, you saw the frustration when, with Aaron Rodgers, you know, not um, getting receiver. And then even the offseason, you know, Aaron Rodgers threatened to, to leave just because they didn't have, they didn't put their money into, you know, they especially let go of their, his valuable center mm-hmm. this offseason. Um, they didn't really get a key receiver they needed. You know, when they did decide to get a receiver in the free agency, they went out to Devin Funches a couple years ago. And I believe he's down on their team anymore. No, I don't think he is. You know, like, since he took that year off last year when they when they just signed him. Um, but, but, yeah. And then my, I guess I'll say, yeah, five, I'll probably say. Um, obviously, Tom Brady will be, but my five, I feel like Justin Herbert just steps up, you know, especially after this loss to the Patriots. I feel like it builds a fire in him, and then it brings him out what he's been doing this year, and then what he was doing at at the end of the year last year. Oh yeah, Justin Herbert. He's kind of had a not a bad couple games, but kind of like disappointing by his standards, especially for how he's been performing, especially at the start of the year. But um, I definitely uh, am under the impression that he's going to step up and lead the Chargers to the playoffs this year. But, um, yeah, I want to go back to what you said about the Cowboys a little bit. You know, their elite offense. Um, I want to talk about another elite offense, Wake Forest, Demon Deacons. Oh, goodly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want, to, I want to say something. I'm going to say one thing. That was a joke. But I'm going to say one thing. Sam Hartman, dark horse. Dark horse Heisman pick. Is That's where you're bringing, bringing it up? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's what you, I'm gonna go up to the Cowboys and start talking about college football. Sorry, uh, I just had to bring up Wake, Wake Forest. I'm I'm a big Wake Forest fan. Hey, hey. Number ten now, made the top yeah. ten. They they if they win the ACC, they should as undefeated ACC champions. Clemson gets every in every year. Wake Forest should get in. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But anyways, um. I guess we'll go into our predictions. Um, I'm just going to – I don't really have, like, that many – like, oh. who's – like, that many. I was just going to list some – Also, also. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. Okay. You no, know, you, you said uh, 
You forgot to mention uh, Mike White in your MVP. I just want to. Say oh, that. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I I I told him earlier. I said he was my MVP favorite. You didn't even bring it up. I didn't bring it up in my MVP, but I brought it up when I was talking about somebody coach of the year or something. It's also it's also weird how uh, you know they Mike Mike White played you know and balled out, and then the guy who beat him out for the Cowboys uh, backup. In 2019, it was Cooper Rush, and Cooper Rush basically balled out. It, it was just it's just weird how that, like, formed, and, uh, you know, both QBs balled out, basically, for their team and got them the win. Yeah, except that uh, Cooper Rush has an elite offense, and Mike White has the um, the Jets. Right. And so. the Bengals, the Bengals were, like, a, are, are, like, a top defense this year, actually. They're, in terms of, like, I think yards allowed. I think they were like top ten at least at the very least, like top five, something like that. I don't know what the stat was, but they um, had, I know oh, for for the past defense or seventh, I believe. Yeah, they're top ten defense, and Mike White's putting thirty some up on them. Jeez, Bengals. That's that. That's the most Bengals two weeks ever. They crushed the Ravens in in um Baltimore and then they lose the Jets in over or not overtime in just reg in just regular shit. But um Mike White, you know, Zach Wilson who? Just trade Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah trade Zach Wilson, start Mike White, he's your franchise QB. At twenty six you know, he's not even that old, he's only twenty six. <laughs> he's only twenty six. Zach Wilson's only twenty two. Zach Wilson's twenty two. He's old. Mike White, twenty six. That's the perfect. That's the prime years of a quarterback. Yeah, Dak's in that age, and look what Dak doing. Josh Allen's almost at that age. Patrick Mahomes, we're not Patrick talking Mahomes about him. Patrick well, Mahomes was in that age, but yeah, he, he's just yeah, he's not having the year Patrick Mahomes would thought he had. You know, still still putting up numbers, but you know, he's turning but, the ball over a lot, but, and that, that's a lot on his. Half of it's mainly him trying to play, like, you know, hero ball. And I don't necessarily blame him for that because his defense is so bad and his receivers have been dropping so many passes this year that he kind of – I feel like he feels that he has to play hero ball. But in reality, like four or five of his interceptions have gone right through his receiver's hands and right into a defender's hands. So I think he's he's to blame somewhat for his – bad quote-unquote year by his standards, but he's still, you know, producing. He's still top 10 in the league, top five in the league, I think, in, like, yards and touchdowns and all that good stuff, so. What you need to blame is his wife and his brother. That's what you need to blame. Oh, my gosh. I I hate Jackson Mahomes so much. I I don't think anyone likes Jackson Mahomes, but, like, dude. Gosh, I don't even want to get into him with Especially him. when he disrespected Sean Taylor like that. Yeah, that's that's crossing the line. Sean Taylor Sean Taylor's a freaking legend and you just danced on his number. He's gonna go to Arizona, he's gonna dance on Pat Tillman's number now. Yeah, he's gonna dance on everybody's number. He's gonna dance on the freaking Paul Allen Seahawks thing now. Um, but, yeah, we're done with our yeah, uh, so we'll do what do you want to do like predictions in terms of like who's going to fall off or just like playoff predictions um we just talk about uh falling off for a little bit and then give our playoff predictions okay 
I'm just, just pick, gonna yeah. just pick like two teams that are gonna fall off and like right. two teams that are gonna rise up or something like that. And yeah, uh, I'll go first, I guess, with falling off. I think um, for one team, I think that's gonna fall off a little bit. Not necessarily like fall out of the playoffs, but like fall off in terms of just like they're not gonna be where they are. I think the Bengals are gonna fall off a little bit. You know, they're. I think they're still making the playoffs. I think they have a a good chance to win the AFC North still, but I just I just don't trust the Bengals to just win. As we saw in the last couple of weeks, they're like hot and cold kind of. So I don't know how much I trust them. I think they still make the playoffs, but I don't trust them a whole lot. Um. No, I just. Um, I really don't want to see this happening, but they always, you know, especially last year, they tended to do it, you know, but uh, I really don't want to say this as I'm always been, I want to say not a believer for this team, but I always like, I always um, praised their defense, you know, almost every year and always got shut up because um, their defense will decide to get hurt almost every year. Um, I really don't want to see this because I really love their, their quarterback, even though he came from Oregon. But uh, no, you know maybe this is a change this year. Um, you know even with the, you know AFC West, you thought the Chiefs would come out on top, and uh, you know their uh, you know their conference is pretty tight right now. Somehow the Raiders are winning it now, but you know I also see them um, winning the division. But yeah, they still tend to like uh, fall off. Um, just because. I feel like you know the Raiders will fall off. So obviously, the Raiders always do that every year. Yeah, so I'm not gonna bring it up. But you know, hopefully, this team doesn't fall off. But you know, I always, you know, especially after this loss to the Patriots, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it can take it two ways as they fall off. You know, Herbert, uh, basically, you know, takes himself out of the MVP race with his production, or he. Or he builds a fire in him, and then he takes it. He takes basically the AFC. Yeah, Chargers could Chargers another team. I've they can definitely be like a a two seed, and they can be like a six seed. It's really it can it just really depends on how their how their defense performs and how their offense continues to if their offense can pick it up after this last couple games. But anyways, I'll do my next disappoint like team that's gonna disappoint in the second half. Um, I think um, you previously mentioned them, you know, in your last little segment right there. Uh, the Raiders, you know, I like I like their story. You know, they're rallying around their new interim head coach. I mean, nobody thought they were gonna be anything after Gruden got fired or resigned. I mean, but. Um, uh, the Raiders, they're just not necessarily built as a playoff team right now. You know, Derek Carr's a solid quarterback, and I think he's underrated by most. He's a borderline top 10 quarterback, but they're just such a, a weird team and never trust the Raiders. I mean, even in their one twelve and 4 season, Derek Carr unfortunately got injured, and they lost in the wild card to Brock Osweiler. So, um you can never really trust the Raiders, and 
I'm going to continue to not trust the Raiders, and I'm going to say they're going to disappoint. I'm pretty sure they're still going to make the playoffs. I just don't think it's going to be as like a, a three seed. I think it's going to be as like a six seed. Hey, come on. You know, even though, you know, I'm not a Raider fan, but, you know, when you mentioned Memphis and Brock Osweiler, you know, it really wasn't their fault. They had Connor Cook taking the yeah. offensive snaps. Uh, I didn't want to bring that up, but that was their one good season, and they ended up losing the wild card game. So, but, um, other team I feel like is gonna fall off on my expect. Um, no, you really want to see this guy in the playoffs? I'm gonna take it to the AFC South, like uh, AFC North, like you did. But uh, you know, um, you always want to see uh, a very special uh generational talent in the playoffs. Um, but uh, I feel like, you know, you think of, you know, there's just too many injuries on one aspect on their defense and their offense as they lost every, basically every running back on a depth chart due to injury. Um, you know, it's, you see, you know, they really, you know, Marlon Humphrey can't cover everybody on the field. And then they're really missing their key corner who who also torn his ACL, no, he turned into Achilles, I believe. Might have been ACL. Um, and Marcus Peters, you know, with Marcus Peters, that defense is scary because you really can't throw left or right. You're going to have to find a spot down the middle. But yeah, down the middle, you have Patrick Queen, a very uh, generational middle linebacker in terms of, of uh, as the speed you see in him. Um, but yeah. You know, there's really much high praise in this team, especially after they beat the Chiefs. But uh, I feel like, you know, maybe they make the team their the playoffs as their division if the other teams in the division decide to fall off. Um, but yet, you know, it's kind of kind of hard. You can tell after, this, especially after the Bengal loss. You know, Lamar Jackson basically has to lead the team. Or obviously he has to lead the team since QB, but he he does it through the air, and yeah, he takes production from his running backs as as he runs it. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I I feel like the Ravens will fall off. You know, it's it's hard as too hard to say because you want to see Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, but uh, I, maybe they make it to the wild card. Who knows? But I I have them falling off. Yeah, I I feel like they def they probably still make the playoffs, but definitely they I feel a lot of their players are always are always injured, so that's unfortunate for them. But um, now I'm gonna go to my teams that I think are gonna are gonna rise up in the second half of the year. You know, make a surge to the playoffs. Uh, and for my first team, I really don't want to see this happen, and I think this is gonna surprise you because. It's my team. It's the Seahawks. I don't want to see them in the playoffs because I think we need a year where we finally are bad and, like, we don't make the playoffs. But Russ, is pro- he just got the pin out his finger, and he was doing all his audible reads and checks, and he was practicing ambidextrously, which means he was practicing his left hand. So there's no way he's not playing this week. And with Russ, we're never – we're never going to be a losing team. We're never going to be a losing team with Russell Wilson. You've seen him carry the worst of defenses and the worst of offensive lines and the most mediocre of receiving cores 
to nine and seven, ten and six records. So we're uh, the Seahawks are three and five right now, and with the the top five, you know, in any order you want to put it: Rams, Cardinals, Cowboys, Packers, and uh, I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting in the NFC? Bucks, yeah, Bucks. Um, that's kind of like the the lock, but um, and then you have the two wild card spots that can be. That's kind of up for grabs. There's three. Oh, three. Sorry. Yeah, remember they made the expansion of one extra wild yeah, card team. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And um, yeah, but you have you have the wild card slots open, and once you get Russell Wilson back in the lineup, and you, you've seen DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, especially Tyler Lockett yesterday, and DK Metcalf yesterday as well. It's only the Jags defense, but G- DK Metcalf is producing at an elite level with Geno Smith as his quarterback, which is really just insane to think about, you know. And when Russell Wilson gets back, I definitely think, unfortunately, as much as I don't – as much as I think we need to have a bad year to really, you know, reset it, fire Pete Carroll, um, I I think the Seahawks make a surge and they make the playoffs in the second half of the year. Yeah, funny how you say that because I'm um, um, with your team. Because you know, obviously, you want to see your team like surge. Oh, uh, let's 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 be clear. I I think they need a bad year, but I want them to win. I obviously want them to win because they're my favorite team. But I think we need a bad year, but I want them to win. Let's let's be clear about that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you know, but uh, you know, obviously, you said like because um, it's Russ. You know, Russ does what he does. You know, you can't really doubt Russ. You know, because he's always in the MVP talks no matter no matter the year until he falls off every year. But um, you know, when I say fall off, you know, not fall off because because he sucks. He's just because he doesn't put up the stats he puts up in the first eight weeks. Obviously, you know, he loses it. But yet, he also puts up numbers as a uh, very uh, good quarterback that. Good quarterback still produce, um, but as as you mentioned, your team, you know, one team I want to bloom, you know, uh, you know, hopefully we do is my team. Uh, you know, we're not, you know, even though with our, uh, you know, our division being as you know as the Buccaneers on top, and then I, um, very, uh, you know, this was, you know, you really don't count this team out. You know, almost every year, but you know, as they lost Drew Brees, you know, the Saints just beating the Bucks, you know, with their record, you know. But um, you know, once, you know, hopefully this team blooms, you know, especially since we're getting our elite running back back, you know, when we're three and zero this year with him. Um, but I see, you know, the especially what I just said, you know, McCaffrey coming back. I, um, hopefully this team blooms. Uh, Caroline has it as we already made our uh, key additions to our defense. You know, you know, especially you know, even yesterday, you see our key, one of our key additions to our defense. You know, his first game back. You know, his first game back from the Publis it hasn't made uh, any football activity in uh, the first eight weeks of the season. It comes, and uh, he gets a pick right off the bat. Um. But yes, you know, hopefully the team finds its light or his uh, spark back as we were three zero in the season. You know, high hopes. You know, we finally into the the 
the top rankings in the beginning of the year as uh, from since 2015. And then uh, as we get our, you know, one thing, you know, which makes us 4-4 right now is our QB play. Obviously, because Sam Darnold was not it. But yet, when you add Christian McCaffrey into the lineup, you know, that the first focus goes to him. You know, it takes all the pressure off, you know, Sam Darnold right now. But whoever's a quarterback, I've seen uh, Sam Darnold going down with injury. Even if it's P.J. Walker, uh, Christian McCaffrey carries the load. And then we, we were 3-0. You know, we did have uh, an explosive offense with him in the lineup. Hopefully, reach that point again because our defense has been holding up. You know, obviously, even though we've we've been losing, but yeah, our defense holds up as we are one of the. I don't say one of the best, but one of the top defenses in the league. Um, but yeah, we're just on the on the field too much as uh, Sam Darnold will just turn the ball over. But yeah, when you add McCaffrey, you really don't. You really don't, Sam Darnold won't really. Make the the error throws as he he has his check down back. Um, but yet, you know, our we have our explosive defense as we have Hassan Reddick, Ryan Burns, and Derek Brown coming after you. You know, we finally got Shaq back in the middle linebacker, even with uh, you got Jermaine Carter. You know, and then our our DBs are just uh, you know. We have a really good DB core as we got uh, Dante Jackson, AJ Bouye, Stephon Gilmore, CJ Henderson. Um, you know, Miles Hartfield come, is coming back off the IR. He does his thing. Uh, we added Kenny Robinson to our back. We added him from our practice squads with our uh, inter safeties. We have him back there right now. We also got Sean Taylor back there. You know, not very big names, but they're doing the job for us. And obviously, can't, we can't miss out Jeremy Chin. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully it comes up, you know, we finally like the spark. Maybe, you know, if we, you know, if our GM still sees this as a winning year and we go out to uh, trade at uh, this trade deadline, we get a, a good offensive lineman, you know, that would really help Sam Darnold, you know, especially since our line is not very good. You know, we've seen it against a very, uh, I want to say like, very bad teams coming against us, putting pressure as the Giants just last week um, sacked us six times. You know, who gets sacked six times by the Giants? Nobody. But, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I'm just rambling on because it's my team. You know, I got a lot of things. But, yeah, um, you know, that's one of the teams that I hope, you know, they will uh, burst out. You know, hopefully get a wild card spot because the Bucks they won't let down. You know, maybe they let down. You know, we see the loss with the Saints, but yeah, the Saints are coached by a very good coach in Sean Payton, and he does what he does every year. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, uh, my next team that I, my last team that I think is gonna surge and uh, at least at the very least get a, uh, they're going to get a wild card spot because they have the best team in the NFL in their division. But I think the the New England Patriots, especially showing after the win yesterday, I think they make a surge and they make they make the playoffs um, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, Mac Jones. It's obviously the Belichick system is probably very hard to learn, and he's a smart, he's a very smart quarterback, 
and he's getting more acclimated and making his his proper reads and just being like a better NFL quarterback, especially under the the coaching of Belichick. So as he improves uh, along the along the way in the season, and as there he gets more chemistry with like you know Aguilar, uh, Jacoby Myers, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, those. Even though oh, isn't Hunter Henry out for the year though, or something like that? I one of I no, he got. I think he got injured a while ago. I'm not sure, but yes. well, if he if he did, and then I left him on my fantasy squad. I believe he's played this this week. Uh, maybe it was Johnny Smith. I think it was one of the tight ends that's like out for a while. But anyways, um. Yeah, as he gets like more chemistry with the offense and the defense of the Patriots is is obviously very solid. You know, they they held they held down Justin Herbert yesterday and they've they've held some good offenses down and limited them. They're definitely one of the better defenses in the NFL and kind of like the NFC, the AFC's is top heavy, you know, you got the Bills, you got the Chargers kind of Maybe sort of. You got you know the Bengals, the Ravens, the Titans, all those teams, and then it's kind of just field day for whoever wants the wild card spots. So I think the Patriots can easily make a a surge, especially when they have the greatest coach of all time coaching them. They're always a a threat in in the for any team that plays them, and definitely a threat in the playoffs, even with a a rookie quarterback. So I think. I think the Patriots make a surge and they make the playoffs. You know, um, as you said, Tim, I I wanted to talk about uh, the Patriots. They were my second team. I can mention another team off my off my top of my head because you know, I I don't want to talk about another team as surge as your pick. You know, mine was the Patriots. You know, they really, um, like you said, with Mac Jones developing. You know. And with the trade rumors right now going around, you know, and with Allen Robinson very unhappy at uh, in Chicago, you know, Allen Robinson is is like one of the top receivers in the league, even with the sorry uh, Bears offense he had. Um, and yet, if they go get Allen Robinson before the tread deadline, you know, the Patriots uh, will be that surging team. They'll make the wild card because, you know, I say wild card because the Bills – well, are you know, like you said, the best team in the NFL. Yeah, but um, you know, I won't talk about them. So mine, um, my uh, pick, you know, we'll see Sturging. Um, they are in the you know also in the AFC, which is where we're gonna go down into the South. You know, AFC South. My team, I have the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I, I see them surging, you know, especially they played one of the best teams in AFC, you know, and took them to overtime. You know, um, you see JT, like you said, is one of your candidates for off the play year. You know, he really worked, clicks that workload. And, you know, and Carson Wentz, you know, he gets his, his haters, you know, you know, saying, you know, he was a number two pick of of uh, 2016 draft. I believe. Yes, 2016. Yeah, 2016. You know, and he really, you know, people criticize his game, you know, even though if he doesn't get hurt in uh, 2017. Yeah, 2017. If he doesn't get hurt in 2017, he may be, you know, 
he may be the MVP of the league. But yeah, and you see him, he, he came back with his uh with his with the coach that he loved in Philly. And um you know, I see this team surging, especially with the big loss that the Titans just faced with uh with Derrick Henry, you won't know what that offense brings. You no, know, Ryan Tannehill didn't have the key source of Derrick Henry behind him. You know, even with the signing, we'll see with the signing of uh, AP. But yeah, um, you know, they really have a the Colts really have a good shot as becoming the you know the top winners in this division if the Titans fall. You know, Carson Wentz is going to do his thing. He has good receivers around him. You know, his main choice, Michael Pittman, is very evolving into his liking. Um, you know, T.Y. Hilton, even though he battled injuries, you know, he was, he was back on the field two weeks ago. You know, developed numbers that you see T.Y. Hilton do, you know, especially post-injury. You know, that's great for to see T.Y. Hilton finally out there giving the ball back. They, they just got Quinn Nelson again. You know, Quinn Nelson is probably the best offensive lineman in the league. Yeah, definitely. You know, he he just that dog. You know, hopefully get um, Ryan Kelly back. You know, and then Carson Wentz will have the protection around him that he needs. Um, and then Carson Wentz balls out. You know, Colts have a you know a almost a semi good defense behind them. Um, they, you know, they their main strength is their corners, you could say. But uh, um. Even though with AJ Brown going off on them, but yeah, they will work around that. You know, they really before Derrick Henry gets hurt, Derrick Henry um, doesn't develop the number he has before. You know, they really stop Derrick Henry. You know, if if they do that, you know, with their running back core, especially with the running back core, you know, they have Naheem Hines, um, JT. You know, they even have you know if they don't decide um, to trade Marlon Mack. Even though Marlon Mack should go somewhere, they should give him the opportunity to leave. You know, if they don't trade him, and you know they can still use Marlon Mack in their offense. Um, mm-hmm. it just it just uh offense to watch. You know, you just you know Carson Wentz. Carson Carson Wentz needs to uh you know last week he threw for three three touchdowns. Maybe this elevates him to the twenty seventeen Carson Wentz. You know that twenty seventeen Carson Wentz was uh very. Incredible, you know. Maybe you won't see Carson Wentz get to that level, but near that level, and they're a rising team in the NFL. They make the playoffs and they get a shot into the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the Colts will surge. I just thought those other teams were better, I guess, candidates. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I get you. And good thing you said the Patriots, so I could talk about the Colts. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, this episode's kind of getting long. So, uh, should we save our NFL predictions for another episode? Yeah, we'll we can. yeah we okay. Can. I want to talk about. I think we should talk briefly about the um, the title fight that happened this weekend. You know, in the MMA. I don't know if you watched, got the chance to watch it. I did not get the chance to watch it, but I watched some highlights. You know, Glover Teixeira claiming Jan. I don't. I really don't know how to say his last name. Blashnowitz, something. Blash. Blankowitz, Blashnowitz, something like that. You know, I definitely saw. Um, uh, Jan um, retaining his belt. He was a heavy favorite, both in the betting world and in the UFC 
world and Glover Teixeira, who's what, like 37, 38, something like 38. that. He's, he's old, but he just comes in and he, he's aggressive and he, he hits him out of the gate. And, you know, Jan is, is known for being an all around fighter and he, he dominated him when it came to like being on the ground and just submission type fighting, like kind of how you saw, you know, Khabib do it when he was in his day. Um, definitely, definitely like an all around, just great fight for Glover Teixeira. And he, re- he claims the, what is it? He- light heavyweight. Yeah. Light heavyweight. Light heavyweight belt. He claims that belt. And that was just a good, a great fight for Teixeira, but Jan will definitely be back. He's, he's a great fighter. You know, we saw him, um, we saw him, yeah, we saw him beat uh, Izzy. Uh, Izzy's one of my favorite fighters, and we'll definitely, um, we'll definitely go. Um, I think we should talk about um, the um, Usman uh, Covington rematch next week. Uh, you want to make a, a pick for that? I definitely have mine. Well, but well, well, my pick is it's pretty obvious. You know, he's a head favorite in this one. You know, I really, you know, I really don't like um, Covington. Me neither. You know, he's he's that he tries you know, he tries to be that cocky fighter that Conor McGregor was, but yet he's just not on that level Conor McGregor was. Um before Conor McGregor got all weird and decided to start losing. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I really never liked Cummington. Um, you know, Usman you know, every you know, he's a heavy favorite going to this and he should be, you know, he should be able to win this no doubt because you know, Usman, you know, he he just I feel like, you know um before before everything happened, you know, especially with John um losing, you know, I had him at number two like in terms of like the champions, you know, behind Israel Adesanya as the best like champion in the UFC right now. Uh-huh. And I still believe he'll retain his belt, you know, especially he whooped on, you know, you see Mazidal, you know, everybody thought Mazidal was gonna come in. And, and uh whooped on him. Yeah, you know, you know, um, the, the fight before, uh, before the second one with Masvidal, you know, he, uh, Masvidal was gonna, you know, they, they uh, um, Usman, uh, beat him there. You know, they thought Masvidal just because he didn't have the training, you know, coming off it was an injury to, uh, I believe Gilbert Burns. Yeah. Um, before that, you know, so uh, Masvidal fit in, and then they thought this time. Um, Masvidal with the full training, you know, he's going to come out and expose Usman, but Usman didn't let that happen or destroyed Usman. I mean, uh, Masvidal, you know, yeah. so, you know, I really don't see Usman, um, losing any fights soon just cause he's just that fighter. You know, I believe he's like, you know, John Jones, when John Jones, um, didn't Prime do any, uh, yeah, he didn't do any, uh, altercations off the, um, off the ring. Um, yeah, I you know I see this exactly with Izzy too. You know Izzy's not gonna lose um, his his title in a middleweight, and yeah. that's why he wants to uh, extend to light heavyweight because you know no one's gonna beat him in middleweight. You know that's the same yeah. thing with Usman. You know championship belt. I see that won't be lost for a, like for a good while. You know, so that's my pick. Usman heavy favorite going into it. Yeah, obviously. Uh yeah, my pick is definitely also Usman. 
uh, you know, we saw him uh, pretty pretty much dominate Covington the first time. And, you know, he's dominated Masvidal Maz both times. He's dominated some of the best some of the best in his class. And I don't think that stops Saturday night. I think he goes in there and he shuts he shuts everybody up. That's like I I hear some like rumblings. Oh, Covington has a chance. I don't think Covington has much of a chance. Never. I think Usman is pound for pound the best fighter in the world. I think Izzy is a close second. I think uh, Francis Ngannou is definitely up there as well. But I think um, the night uh, the Nigerian nightmares, as they call him, I think he's the best best in the world. And I also wanted to talk briefly as we're on the um, UFC UFC topic. Uh, you know, Kamzat Chimaev is, if I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he's just, he's dominating everybody he's fighting. I think the total strikes landed between him and his, the total significant strikes landed in his, in his UFC career has been like 265 to two or something like that. It's a crazy number. He's just been dominant. And, you know, I see him having a, uh, you know, with Khabib in his corner, uh, he definitely has the chance to be one of the one of the greats for the UFC. You know, uh, going on a topic, um, you know, um, you see, you know, Kahib still probably one of the best uh, UFC fighters, like you you will mention, like the best over John Jones because John Jones has his problems off, you know, over Conor McGregor since he beat him. You know, yeah. over you know we'll see what the what the the people, um, the careers of Usman and Israel developing. You know, you mentioned him over. Um, you know, JCP was considered one of the greats. You know, he has him way over. And then, with his prodigy, you know, coming up into the UFC, you know, as Kahib is in his corner, you you really see this the flashes of Kahib and him. You know, as in terms of uh, submission strikes, uh, you know, his play style. You know, coming in, you see this guy, you know, my first fight watching him, I'm like, dang, this guy looks like Kahib. And then and then they show to the corner and Kahib's in his corner. I'm like, oh, no wonder why. You know, he really he really possesses the traits of Kahib, you know. Yeah. And, you know, to Kahib to, um, to develop this guy as what, like, exactly how he is, you know, no one, no one know, knew how to answer Kahib, you know. And, you know that's why he's one of the greats, and this guy can be a great because he has a trait of Kahib, and no one knew how to stop Kahib. They probably still won't figure out Kahib as a coach. As um, yes, his his first main tactic is submission, you know, going on the ground. Uh-huh. But yet he has a strikes to uh, to knock out a person if he if you know if his uh, he can't have him on the ground, just like how Kahib did. Yeah, and um. Chimaev, or I, I still don't know how to say his name. Um, he's he's shown potential, not only as a submission specialist, but also as a striker. You know, Khabib was all always um an underrated striker in my opinion. You know, he's he's known as you know one of the best, if not the best, submission specialist ever in the UFC. But um, a, a real underrated part of his skill set was his striking ability, and I think I see flashes of that. I think um, Shimaev can have possibly later on a better better striking than Khabib did. 
And, you know, that would make if he could have with Khabib in his corner, teaching him, you know, all his submission stuff and every everything he knows about fighting pretty much. And, you know, as uh, Chimaev um, incorporates that into his game, into his um, skill set and just starts to fight, fight better competition, I think he can definitely rise up the ranks and be one of the one of the uh, UFC's greats, kind of like not not in the same way, but in a similar way to how Conor McGregor rose up the UFC ranks so quickly. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, not to mention Kahib, you know, Kahib will be, you know, he's already the best UFC fighter. In my opinion, he is the best. Um, But yet now he has a chance, you know, with, with his prodigy here to be mentioned as one of the best coaches and, and to having a corner. Yeah. Um, We'll definitely have to do like a, a UFC exclusive episode because definitely we're both pretty, pretty into that stuff. And so uh, sometime in the future, we'll have to, maybe we'll do a, cause I know um, gain and in, in Ghana is happening pretty soon. So we should probably, maybe we'll do a, a episode previewing that some of the fights in that card. And we'll definitely have Joey to help us with this. Yeah, Joey knows what this stuff we talked about. Joey, Joey, definitely, definitely, uh, another passionate UFC fan. So we'll we'll bring him back on for that. Uh, but we, th- sorry, this one, this one kind of ran long, but we had a lot of stuff to talk about. And um, if you stayed this far, congrats! I'll give you a cookie and a kiss. Again? Yeah. <laughs> that this is another long one, but. Uh, we had a lot again we had a lot of stuff to talk about and um next episode's gonna be um one of probably one of my favorites that we've done you know we're not gonna say anything about it yet but you'll just have to listen in uh, i know i'm excited for it i don't know about eric he doesn't seem as excited for it but you know what that's fine i don't know you're just saying that because you already did your stuff and i haven't because yeah. i was at practice while you did your stuff so well yeah because yeah whatever but anyways uh yeah look out for the next episode it's gonna be a good one and uh just yeah you know if you make it this far you know you want to you know one spoiler we'll give you for this episode we'll just mention rookie rookie topic it's a rookie it's a rookie topic don't know which which sport we're gonna do you know that's that's for you to find out to listen to episode we'll just mention a rookie yeah rookie (laughs) but uh yeah anyways um Yeah, thanks for listening this far, and uh, peace out. Later.